Thank you for listening to Radio Radar Plus. This is episode 38 for Friday, February 19th. I'm your host, Ludwig Kitzman, U.S. Editor-in-Chief of Games Radar Plus, which is some kind of website that occasionally writes about games like Street Fighter and D2? <laughs> you know, when we get around to it. I have a list of games that we're going to talk about the show, and D2 is in there, but we'll get back to that. I'm still doing these reductions, of course. I'm joined by Ashley Reed, editor at Games Radar Plus. Hello. We also have managing editor Susan Arndt. Oh, hi. And senior social editor Anthony John Agnello. <laughs> I believe in a thing called love. I remember when you, when you could not escape any kind of room that had that song playing. I know. <laughs> It was, it was a real rooms it was a, had it was song a real problem for a really long time. <laughs> Actually, speaking of songs, Ludwig, I would like to ask all of you guys for a prediction. What mm. will be the obnoxious pop song that is played before the start of every press conference at E3 oh, this year? Oh, gosh. Hmm. There's always one. That's true. It's true. What will it be? Will you're, you're it, like something like a recent example would be Bruno Mars Lost yes. Out of Heaven. Oh my perfect, god. Perfect yes. example. Oh, or or okay. that song a couple of years ago was like, You're just the person that I used to know. Oh my god. <laughs> every every press conference, it was at the beginning of EA, Ubisoft, everything. It was not, also that song, not even the best song in that album. It's actually no, a pretty good album. Really? Very good yeah. album. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotchi. I think Gotia, uh Gotia, isn't it? Yes. Gotier. Yeah. Gautier? Certainly. <laughs> I think this year, I think, like, we're not going to be able to escape that Beyonce song, the uh, the Get In Formation song. That's going to oh, be... Oh, yes, we will. Like, just, just wait. Oh, I think yes, we will, my dear. We're going to hear it before nope. Sony's press conference starts. It's going to nope. be the song <laughs> that's in the sizzle reel for PlayStation VR it's just going to be inescapable. I'm sensing some strong disagreement from Susan here. I will bet you a sandwich that that is not true. <laughs> you think people are going to get me pretty angry? Okay, is this a, is a sandwich purchased from the Los Angeles Convention Center, in which case the bet is not worth I'm it? I'm not yeah. made of money, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hi, what do you guys have to eat? Well, we got this one cheese sandwich. It'll be $89. We gathered all the silt and smog that is covering the city and made it into a sandwich. Like, seriously, like, no joke, it is better to go outside, walk outside to the front of the convention center where that guy, he's just a guy, (laughs) he doesn't even have a cart, he just brought a hibachi and he's just cooking hot dogs, Mm -hmm. because he knows a bunch of really hungry people inside, he just bought a bag of buns and hot dogs from the local store, he's just grilling, he's just grilling, it's like a buck a hot dog. It is possible to be marooned in a city. It is like yes. it is an anti-oasis. Yeah. That is what the convention center is. That is one hundred percent accurate. <laughs> and hey, if you don't like if you don't like that one guy's grilling method, you can walk one block and find three other carts, mm-hmm. hot dog carts along the way. One might even have a kielbasa. True, but those are the fancy ones. That's true. Yeah. So, what what song would you say is going to be the one then, if you're if you're staunchly against Beyonce submission? Oh, I think okay. I I think hmm, it's. T- because I, I think they're past, they're out of their dubstep phase. I think. Oh, they're way out. What it's about over. that Hosier song? That which song? Is it by Ho- is it Hosier? You gotta sing it, buddy. I, I don't know how it. to how to pronounce any band, any modern band name anymore. Yeah, it's just they're just too too cool for me. Um, 
I'll take you to church. That song. I don't know. I am. I, I am. It's a little too downer. Know. I feel like I'm amazingly like unhip. I know nothing about modern music. So. <laughs> Is it too late for Uptown Funk? Are we past Uptown Funk? <laughs> See, that's we're a really good Uptown question. Funk. I don't know. I feel I feel like that could definitely be slipped in somewhere because it's it's especially um, at a press conference because let's be honest, there's a lot of people like our parents at press conferences. Yeah, it's true. Because mm-hmm. something that we that that our audience tends to forget is E3 is not for games press. Yeah, no, it's for retailers. It's for, it's retailers, for retailers, and it's for mainstream press, and and uh, it's also a worldwide event. So they want uh, oh. stuff oh. that is going to be you know recognizable and appealing to a rather broad spectrum of people and tastes. What's the, Susan, what's the what's the name of the Adele song? Oh, the hello. New, the hello. new, the, yeah, the new Adele song. Hello. Hello. The one that sounds like a gap came to life as music. <laughs> Adele is, is always a safe bet. That's true. It's certainly not going to be the Spectre theme song. Oh, my no. God. Oh, my God. Can we just take, like, 30 seconds to talk about how incredibly bad Spectre is? Yes, please. Yes, God, yes. Oh, my God. Okay, look. I am a You've read fan. the reviews and you think... Maybe it's just misunderstood. Right? I'm, nope. like, I'm like, okay, well, you guys clearly just aren't James Bond fans like I am. Because a lot of people <laughs> really did not like any of the Craig uh, Bond films. They didn't like Skyfall, which I love. Yeah, I mean, it was I'm, like Sam Mendes is back. Like, he's great. Right? He sh- I mean, what could go wrong? It's crap from start to finish. It <laughs> oh, is my God. Crap. Daniel Craig just appears to be pissed off that he has to be in this movie <laughs> the entire time. It is like, I'm like... I understand from a viewed through a certain lens, it's it's very classic Bond because he's you know it's it's following the formula of he's just he's just shagging women left and right, man. Like it's just like, hey, you're attractive, and I need access to your hotel room. Take off your clothes. Like, hey, we just came back from your from your husband's funeral. (laughs) Let's do it. You're attractive. Oh yes. Oh yes. And then she's gone, and the next (laughs) she never shows up again after that scene. I'm like, you've got Monica Bellucci, who is a goddess and you have her in the film for 10 minutes her only function is to have sex with daniel craig which honestly that's i get behind that career decision but (laughs) and then to say oh by the way they're meeting at this building that's it it's the only reason he's in the movie you've got dave batista who is drax from uh, guardians of the galaxy uh in case you don't know and also pro wrestler he says literally one word in the entire movie one that can't be true. I've yeah. not. I've not seen. I've not. I have not even seen. I don't think a preview for Skyfall or Spectre. Rather, I've only ever like my entire experience of Spectre is the actual song they recorded for Spectre and the song that Radiohead recorded for Spectre. Oh, and right, that they yeah. didn't want to use. That yeah. was cool. I mean, is there any is there any greater sign of a problematic film? When you have Christoph Waltz as the villain, mm. as a Bond villain, mm. which he was born to do. Born, yeah. And they just, they screwed it up. As they Bond screwed it up sucks. so and bad. not just any, wait, 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 not just any Bond villain. He's Blofeld. Oh, what? Yes, he's Blofeld. Really? Yes. I didn't know yes. that they were going that, like, hardcore into, like, Bond canon, too. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And it's, it makes no sense. Like, e- okay, so each individual section, which if, if you define it by geography, like there are... I guess we're going to put a spoiler warning for Spectre over here. <laughs> you know what? No, well, I'm going to The first warning is movie. don't see this movie. Yeah, I'm going to spoil it because you shouldn't be watching it. It's terrible. 
like each region, like you'll, they're in Rome, they're in Austria, they're in Tunis. Uh, if you just look at that each individual section, it's kind of entertaining. It's not great, but it's not bad. But then you have you realize after the movie's done, you really have no idea why they went from Mexico City to Rome to like you're like wait why am I doing this? Here's the thing. So what happens is M sends Bond a message. Go find this guy, kill this guy, and then go to his funeral. That's it. That's the entirety of the message. Uh, okay. So he kills dude. He goes to dude's funeral. And then he does what and why? And why is Dave Batista poking that guy's eyes out? I don't understand. I'm just saying, it doesn't make any sense. Well, I mean, the, the, my favorite thing about it, and which I thought was like the, the encapsulation of everything that is wrong with that script and the fact that that makes it impossible to follow entirely, is there's a point where he is like, oh, well, my name is Oberholzer or whatever. Yes! But I changed it to Blofeld, and it's like this. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> and he's like, "What?" Nobody it's... in the movie, not James Bond, no one else sitting in that room, gives a shit. Yes. They're like, "Oh, your name is different, it's... okay?" And like everyone in the cinema is supposed to be, oh, "It's Blofeld." Oh my goodness, it's that classic Bond villain Bond. But nobody in the story would that would no, not make a lick of difference to that. It's true. What his name was. It's true. It's like, and yes, you knew me growing up as Steve, but now <laughs> I am Doug. All right. <laughs> cool. Now you're Doug. Great. Well. Whatever. <laughs> and like it's supposed to be this moment that's like you know it's it's clearly like I get the fan service part of it, but it's not even written into the story at all. No, it's just, like like ja- the, James Bond unfortunately is tied up at the time, so he can't shrug, but he would have just shrug. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Oh it my might god. Have been, like they could have saved that if he had changed his name to hide, right? Like mm. to disappear, like. Except yes. nobody's been looking for him. Nobody knew it he was, was alive, so they were like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> that was just a very con- it was a very confused sequence of events, and I and just personally, I was watching it, and I'm like, "Who is this girl?" Like his his true lo- James what? Bond's true love was M in Skyfall. That was perfect. It was wonderful. It should have ended there. Who is this? Yeah, why are he's you here for like a week? But he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave this spy biz because I love you. It's like the one thing I've ever truly cared about, the the thing that keeps me going, I'm gonna leave that because I love you so much. You're pretty. <laughs> also, I was behind all of the plots of the previous film because they were secretly all connected <laughs> oh in a planned series. <laughs> and we didn't know that, James Bond. We totally didn't write this on the fly. <laughs> I know. It's Oh, that was that was bad news. Oh, okay. That was bad news, Bears. Uh, it's really funny. Like you should just if you if you have seen the movie, just go and look up. There's someone who wrote a theory on uh, the whole film, just basically most of the film being a dream. And the, <laughs> the, the justification is like he basically just describes what happens in the loss of the movie, and when you read it in a in a sort of an objective way that does not involve being paired with the actual like being in the moment and watching the movie. You realize just how insane it is. Like he shoots down a helicopter with his pistol. Oh like, God, like, I know, I know. Like, like it, like it's the way it's framed in the movie. It's like a little weird, but like you, you, you buy like, it. 
You kind of buy it, but then when you read it again, you're like, wait, he did he did shoot down a helicopter <laughs> with a pistol, and nobody remarked on that at all. I was the obnoxious person who, during that, I, I did really like the opening sequence, but I was the obnoxious person who leaned over to my friend, and I'm like, helicopters don't work like that, and we'll be able to go upside down. You can, <laughs> this is an inaccurate representation. You can fly in a helicopter upside down. You can? You can. Okay, then. Susan does it all the time. Then I'm a I fool. Do, it's how I get to work, honestly. But no, it is, <laughs> it is possible. Nobody in their right mm-hmm. goddamn mind would ever do it, but it is possible. Well, I learned something Everybody, today. Yeah. Also, this is a random cat in the movie because Blofeld has a cat, you see. So. <laughs> yeah, so, that, so it's just like, oh, hello, I'm the cat. <laughs> I am now in your lap. You're like, oh, oh, oh. it's the cat. Right? It's just like, it's just, it's so... Don't watch it. Don't watch it. It it sounds much... uh, Like, I haven't... This is the most detail I've ever gotten about this movie. And I was gonna watch it just to, like, watch a bad movie. I think I'm not even gonna waste the two hours now. I think I... I Uh, The opening scene is fun. You can watch that and then just stop. I think maybe if you develop... If you develop a drinking game for it, then it ends up being (laughs) a fun watch. Every time something makes no sense, take a drink. What if what if I do like the Pink Floyd versus uh, Wizard of Oz sort of thing, and I put on Rafi's greatest hits? <laughs> that could do with, it. Or or um, Kids Bop number twelve. Kids Bop. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Kids Bop twelve done and done. This is actually Susan. You talking about how awesome Monica Bellucci is? Mm-hmm. Mate, I want to just make a quick movie recommendation. And the, I, all the cutscenes from Enter the Matrix watched back to back. Back right? to back. Do that because Monica Bellucci. Oh my is god, I forgot she was in that. <laughs> talk, uh, there's another movie talk where she has one it. line in it. One line, and it's dumb. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. And but like the fact that it's just dumb makes it the greatest line in all of the Matrix Reloaded. What now? I'm curious what the line is, or is that a spoiler? Uh, no, yeah, no, well, don't worry about the it. The movies no, are ten it. years old. You don't yeah. get, you know. There's no, there's no spoiling there. Yeah. Remember, anyway, remember, what's, people what's... yelled at me for <laughs> spoiling Red Dead Redemption last year. Well, they're that's, wrong. That's silly. <laughs> no, the the best Monica Bellucci the action horse did movie. It. <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> I was just getting around to seeing that. <laughs> You go all the way to Mexico and then you find that out. Uh, go see the movie Shoot 'Em Up, starring Monica Bellucci and, and Clive, Clive Owen. Owen. Wait, what? I've Is that seen like a this movie. What? I've seen this movie. Susan, okay. Susan, let me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna sell you on this movie. Okay. Do it, Ludwig. Okay. Do I'm it. Gonna sell it in one scene. I'm just gonna describe what happens in one scene. That's it. Okay. Clive Owen is a hitman. No, Clive Owen is a hobo. He's not even what? a hitman. <laughs> okay. You are never I mean, you are never given a history for him. In practice, though, he's in, pr- in practice, he is the baddest ass assassin in the world. But you like that's that. There's no history. There's no backstory. He's just a homeless man who likes carrots. That's sure. It. So and, and let me tell you, Susan, he stabs a man through the throat to death with a carrot, <laughs> and then says. Eat your vegetables. Yes. That's precisely right. Also, okay, I'm in. That, yeah. that man works for freaking Paul Giamatti, who is like Elmer Fudd <laughs> to, to Clive Owen's like gun bugs bunny. And like every scene ends with Paul Giamatti going, I'm gonna get you, Monica Bellucci! <laughs> 
Archie and Clive Owen. And then Clive Owen shoots everybody. And Monica Bellucci is just like, you're so wonderful. And then Al Giamatti's like, ooh, you too. And then it, then it just goes to the next set piece. It's goddamn amazing. And nobody has seen it. So is this a, I went to see it in theaters. Oh, oh so my god! So is this good. a movie they advertised where it was just like, we're not going to show you anything actually happening in the movie. We're just going to give you the basics: gunshot, 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 expletive, expletive. Yep, is yep, that the one? Yep, oh yep, yep, yep. man! Yeah, I I went to a press screening of this movie. Oh god! And I was one of only two journalists in the entire screening room, and I just kept looking around, being like, "Is this actually happening?" Or have I gone insane? And like, <laughs> this is my, this is like the form my breakdown is taking. <laughs> because you can't believe that this movie is actually happening. This is, this is back when, when Clive Owen was momentarily the new hotness. Yes, yeah. it, it, was like, it was like a year after Children of Men. Right. Right. Um. <clears throat> okay, so, so video games. So, oh, right, crap. We, we do video games, don't we? Uh, yeah, that, that concludes the entertainment section. Games Zero Plus yes. is an entertainment website. We also do video games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the hot new video game is out right now is Street Fighter V. Yes. Uh, and I think, Anthony, you and I have both been playing it. Ludwig, you've been playing Street Fighter V? Yeah. All right, who is your who is your character in Street Fighter Five? Who, who I haven't fully I haven't fully committed to anyone yet because I'm still playing around. I like Ryu. You like Ryu. Uh, he the the parry is the business. The parry um, is the business. But you yep. you should you should clarify for folks that the parry is not like a big thing that you would have to like learn for all characters. The parry Correct. is like, just so, for Ryu. Exactly. So each really? character has a specific skill that you can, and you use the same button presses for every single character to initiate that unique skill, and that's like one of the cool things about this game. Uh, Ryu can parry. Like, so if someone tries to kick him in the face and you hit the parry button at the right time, it's gone. Don't worry about it. Um, I also like um, Rashid, whose special maneuver is like a, a flip over the opponent, and you can cancel out of it at any time. And I also like Karen. Karen. Oh, Karen, yes. Uh, but she's she's really she's really small for a Street Fighter character. I feel like people are gonna listen to this podcast and be like, "You didn't know who Karen was." I'm exposed. <laughs> I don't. Karen's not. Karen's not like a, a super well-known character. She's only been in one Street Fighter game. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Karen is. In Street Fighter Alpha Three, and now hmm. Street Fighter Five. Like this is this is only her second proper appearance. Yeah, yeah. Karen Karen has only been up to this point Street Fighter Alpha Three, Street Fighter Five, and I, I feel like the way Karen appears in Street Fighter Five is very indicative of the the overall philosophy of this game. Because even compared to Street Fighter Alpha Three, which was almost twenty years ago at this point. She's very simplified, very direct. It's it's just a few special moves, and she's she's all about like very, very serious timing. You know, it's all like, well, you know, if you do her big special attack, it's like a series of kicks that happen in a row, and you need to just know how to deploy that at exactly the right time. But it's mm. not, you don't have to worry about all of these different systems. Ludwig was talking about 
you know, how Ryu's one singular, his V skill, his special ability that you can use when you press the two medium attacks, uh, you know, usually you'd have to worry about things. Like in Street Fighter 3, everybody could parry. It was really, really hard to learn the exact timing of parrying. Or in Street Fighter 4, there was the focus attack system, and you sort of had to learn how to use these things that would, like, cancel somebody else's attack and dash out of it, and it was just so complicated. But Street Fighter V is just very, very clear, very simple, and it's the most uh, most clear version of the game type, I would say, since Super Street Fighter Two, which literally was 20 years ago. That was Yeah, magic. like, you know, and it's not... I, I don't want to, like project the image that it's not complicated mm -hmm. it's clearly very complicated and it will become increasingly more complex as people discover good strategies and how to kind of act those strategies but the starting point feels very open and uh you know the the it's very translucent yes translucent in some ways like you know like word. okay so you know like my character has this ability to activate that ability no matter who i'm playing is press these two buttons yeah right that's your starting point and then you just find the character that has the ability that you find useful, and then you go from there. Like they, they do still have specific inputs, like half circles and or quarter circles and things like that for specific moves that are custom to that character, like Ryu's fireball or whatever, right, or his right. dragon punch. Um, but this, the, that, just that that little understanding between you and the game that no matter who you're playing, you press these two buttons, it does their special skill. And if you know that part, then you're already you're already you're already getting closer to getting to know the character that you will be playing with primarily. Right? So that's 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 a great move. Like and I feel like just just that little tweak alone makes it so much more inviting. Even if I end up like bailing on the game because it gets too tough or like I just don't feel like committing to it anymore. I feel like I I have a a cool understanding of every single character to to a very basic degree immediately because you know you know, what, what you're getting into. Yeah, and, was, and like... Do you think the... Oh, go ahead, Ash. I was going to ask, do you think the idea behind that was to open it up to new fans, make it more accessible, or was it just that it was getting... As of Street Fighter Four, things were getting just way too complicated for everybody. I think it was very explicitly trying to do what they were saying they were setting out to do with Street Fighter Four, and really failed to do, which was mm -hmm. make something that was you know, not identical to, but closer in spirit to Street Fighter 2. That was something that accommodates an incredibly high level of skill while also being approachable by brand new players, people who have no background with Street Fighter whatsoever. And, you know, like that's, you know, Ludwig, like you were just saying, it is complex beneath that approachability, mm -hmm. but... Like the primary difference is, and I, you know, I've been playing. I, I have been playing Street Fighter since the very first one. I've been playing Street Fighter since I was five years old, and you know, when I played Street Fighter Four for the first time and would play high-level players at arcades or you know when it finally hit consoles and play online, the moment you started playing somebody who was like clearly a Street Fighter player. I would look at them and be like, I don't even know how you did what you just did. Like, there, there is a level of complexity in the activity of all of these moves and these combos and cancels and all that, where I was just like, I don't know what's happening. And when I play Street Fighter V, even when I'm playing against, like, high-level players online, and I get trounced, I think to myself, I know exactly how they did everything. 
I understand what just happened, and now I feel like the next time I face it, I'll probably lose again. <clears throat> but I, I can decode this. This, this is, this is speaking clearly. Who are, who are some of your favorites right now? I, I, well, that's that's the other thing that I love about this is that it like brought one of my favorite characters back to me. Cammy was the character that I learned to play Street Fighter really well with. Uh, in specifically Street Fighter Alpha 3. Like, I just learned how to use Cammy really well in the arcade and the excellent, excellent PlayStation port of that game. And I love that character, but in Street Fighter 4, she just, like, she was too cumbersome. She was too easy to attack out of her special moves, and she was, like, you know, everybody always uses the word nerfed, but, like, her attacks were weakened. She was traditionally a very strong character that was, you know, turned into somebody who only really does light attacks and doesn't cause that much damage. And Street Fighter V Cammy is back to being really, really strong and really, really nimble, and I, I just, I love using that character. I love it. And her, her <coughs> V skill is this sort of, like, like, she almost, like, hops. Like, she'll lift both legs up and hop forward, and it's like this jump and then a bound forward, and she'll, like, do a side punch. Like, her arm is held up like an L. And if you are close enough to a character, you'll move to the other side of them before you hit them. And it just feels so right. It's so cool. Uh, I also really like Rashid, the new guy who yep. uh, you know, sort of looks like uh, Persian. He, he literally looks like a character from P Prince of Persia, but with like a G.I. Joe eyepiece. And he's super cool, too. He's very, very... Swift, he has all of these like tornado attacks for projectiles. I I love everybody. I don't like using him that much, but Fang, who's like this new dude, Ludwig, you said he looks like a guy from uh, Kung Fu Hustle, which is so accurate. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much exactly correct. Yeah, totally correct. And he's super weird for a Street Fighter character because he can poison you, which has never happened in Street Fighter, where you can like cause a, a you know, status effect where your health drains, which is just really cool. It's It seems like such a simple idea that it's shocking that it's never been in a Street Fighter before, but it's it's really cool. It's really cool to play against somebody using him. Man, I love uh, it. I'm so excited about this game. I also think you have to say, like, the game is just so beautiful in motion. So beautiful in motion. Like, it's just stunning. It's really nice to watch. Like, I, I, I don't have a favorite in terms of playing yet because I haven't really gotten a hold of it. But one of my favorite characters to watch is Rainbow Mika just because the way she moves is so interesting and really, really well constructed. Like, she'll pick someone up and kind of, like, kind of, like, descend under their weight and then just, like, shove them across the field. And it's just really interesting to watch pretty much all the characters, how they move across the screen and how they interact with each other. So it's... It it sound, it almost sounds like it'd be boring, but I'm just like stuck on it whenever it's I like see someone watching Street Fighter. It's a super vibrant animation that mm -hmm. that yeah. you only really get to see in fighting games. Uh, I will also say that an awesome awesome way to play this game is on your Vita <laughs> via remote play. And what? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I I have been playing. I have played a ton on my Vita, and it feels great. And, you know, I gotta say, for as many 
problems as there have been with the online in the first week, and there are significant on like significant issues with the online matchmaking. You know, we we attempted to stream it on launch day, and you couldn't get any match. It was impossible. There's also just very little to do if you are a single player. Like if you if you're not interested in playing online, right. There really, really is not much to do in the game at all yet. Yes. There is stuff coming for free, but again, I think I think the out of the box uh, situation with the game is definitely not. It's not as good as it could be. Like there's, they're clearly they they put their money behind the online stuff, and yeah. I think if you're if you're a certain kind of player, it does feel like you're getting a raw deal. It's not bad. It's just strange. Uh, you know, the absence of a. So there are there the full story mode is coming later in June, and this is. <coughs> but who of, cares about story in a fighting game? Right, I, yeah, but you know there are people who love playing through the story mode in Mortal Kombat X, mm-hmm. which I I personally do. I love the modern Mortal Kombat games specifically for their single player, and this is going to be the first time that a Street Fighter game has that kind of campaign in it. Uh, but there are these little prelude stories. With these cute little cutscenes, and it's the it's the same artist that did the art for Street Fighter Alpha Three back when, um, and they're really wonderfully presented, but they last like not even ten full minutes. It's only like three one round fights. There's no way to alter the difficulty of them, and they're insanely easy. And it's like it's not that this is a bad thing in the game. It's just inexplicable. You know, why wouldn't you include, you know, rather than these little prologue things, just have a standard arcade mode where you pick the character you want, then you have to fight all of the other characters, M. Bison is the final boss, and then these little yeah. cutscenes just filter them through mm-hmm. whenever. Like, what's there isn't bad, it's just, like, why did you do it this way? Is It's very confusing. Um, it like, does it feel like the demo for the story or something? Like, hey, it doesn't you know? even feel like that. It's just, it like, it just feels inexplicably structured. Like, I, I have no idea why they would make these sort of static comic booky cutscenes, and then be like, all right, well, you fight one round against three characters, and then that's it, and that one's done, and now do it with another one, and hmm. rather than turning that into, you know, people have complained about the absence of an arcade mode, which, you know, is a, a, a sort of anachronism at this point. You know, Street Fighter V is not an arcade game, uh, but as a signifier for standard progression in old Street Fighter games, it makes perfect yeah. sense. You but I mean, there's, the there's been precedent for really cool stuff being achieved uh, with fighting games, even, even for the single player, and that you can go back as far as uh, you know, 1999 Soul Calibur on Dreamcast. Oh, which that was like that was a fully featured, great package, and like I, I think the fighting and like the the depth of it and what's the, the actual meat of the game in Street Fighter Five is really good and it's it's worth the money if you are you know into fighting games and you're you're planning to play it for at least a couple of months. Yeah. it's well worth it. But as far as a product or as far as a package goes. Um, it does feel a little anemic. It's a strange one. And I I will say, like, it doesn't... Sort of the the best way to play it right now, I've found, is, you know, it just doesn't tell you that this is sort of a good option. 
and that you'll get the most out of it this way, is that there's also survival mode. And the survival mode actually does have difficulty tiers. There's easy, normal, hard, and very hard. And uh, it will, you have to fight 30 rounds. And it's, you know, it will cycle through all the characters and it'll cycle through them again. You go for 30 rounds. And each round, you know, you, you don't gain back your health, but you rack up points. And it will say, you know, you'll get all of these options after you win a match. And it'll be like, spend 6,000 points to refill your health. Or spend 1,000 points and fill up your skill meter. Or spend 2,000 points to double the points you earn in the next round. But your enemy will hit you twice as hard and stuff like that. And it, it takes a while. Like, you really have to get through the early parts of it. But then the AI actually gets pretty challenging as you progress. And what you can do is you can just turn on an option that people online can challenge you. So if you, you can set it so at any time while you're playing the survival mode, a, you, somebody can challenge you in a casual or a ranked match. And it will seamlessly go into that round. And when it's over, it'll seamlessly drop you back into the survival mode. And so it's, it's right now, that's the ideal way to play uh, because it, it actually is the substantial single-player content alongside the online stuff. But the game doesn't really tell you that that's what you could do. It doesn't draw attention to that fact, and it's a problem. In fact, you know, again, the biggest problem with Street Fighter V right now is not what's in the package. It's the way it's structured. Like, you know, there, there's cross-platform play between PlayStation 4 and PC, but it doesn't explicitly say that you're, you set up a unique username for Street Fighter so you can find friends regardless of what platform they're on. But even finding where your friends are or how to get to them or how to set up a room that you could have with your friends, it, it, the game just sort of hides all of these things. And it, it again, when you can find them, they work and it's great, but it's just so weirdly structured. It's bizarre. That does sound kind of like, what are they, it sounds like, almost like they're trying to hide it, but trying, what are they trying to put forward then? Because it sounds like... I, I don't know. Because what, from what you've described, nothing. Nothing is being put <laughs> forward as you should do this. And, and like, hell, Ash, like nothing, like, nothing is being put forward is a great way to describe the initial release of Street Fighter V. <laughs> it's like, you put in the game, and then it just plops you in one of the worst menus I've ever seen. <laughs> like, on the one hand, it, like, says story at the top. You're like, all right, I get that. And then it's like survival training, CF room, and it's like what? The what? Huh? What are you even talking about? Computer fun room. Computer fun room. Uh, Cake fanatic room. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a real shame. You know, I hate I hate to sound like the guy that is obsessed with Street Fighter Alpha Three, but I am. Uh, and Street Fighter Alpha Three for PlayStation and Sega Saturn had this amazing single-player mode called World Tour. And, you know, it, it was... It had multiple endings, and you could unlock characters through it, and it, it was both, you know, a really interesting spin on average Street Fighter fights, because it would be like, all right, well, this round you're going to fight three Kens at the same time, and you need to beat them in 60 seconds to get the highest score. But, like... 
by making it a little weird, it also taught you how to play in different ways. And it's a shame that something like that, which is as simple as here are the here are the basics of the game with just slight variations one after the other. It's just, it's just weird that that's not here. And so you're playing on a PS4, right? I am playing on PS4. Yeah. So I, I went the PC route, which is cool because we can still play with each other. Yeah. Love that. Um, and the other cool thing about the PC version is that uh, if you have an Xbox 360 arcade stick, you can just plug it in and get going. It, it sounds like the arcade stick actually works, because I, I know I was watching uh, you, Max, and Lucas trying to set up the arcade sticks oh, on the PS4. Boy. The struggle was getting, powerful. Getting the legacy controller support going is a nightmare. That's That that needs some work. Like their whole menu situation for getting that going needs a little work. Um, but it's funny, like, you, you invest in an arcade stick and then you're kind of anchored to a platform because of that. And I'm, like, really pleased that the PC will actually work with most 366. Um, and I think they are upgrading the PC version soon to support uh, other uh, input methods as well, which is cool. I'll tell you, um, I don't like arcade sticks for Street Fighter. I prefer I, I prefer a I regular video game controller. I think that is a horrible thought. <laughs> <laughs> How could you think such a horrible no, I play, thing? I played it all live with a controller, but certainly not, not Street Fighter. I think it's because I, I grew up playing Street Fighter 2 on Super Nintendo mm -hmm. and that's that was my primary method of playing that game uh, but yeah it's it's perfectly acceptable I like a nice d-pad Susan would you say that Layers of Fear is a perfectly acceptable game? It is perfectly acceptable <laughs> it's good it is adequate in all ways no yeah uh, yeah so Layers of Fear I just got finished playing that yesterday. It'll probably take you Ooh. around, I'd say, three or four hours to go really? to go through it uh, one round. But you're also probably going to want to play it several times. Yes, that is what the I spoke with the developers a little while ago, and that was what they told me as well. Yes, everybody, look out for that well, article they, they coming say soon. That, wouldn't they? They wouldn't. They say they also said <laughs> we're not. They actually said at one point we're not hipsters or anything. I'll let you guess in relation to what. But I was like, hmm. Now I'm suspicious. Yes, yeah, so I've not played the game since it came out on Xbox One. It was on Xbox One. Uh, it was one of the uh, game preview games, and it was also oh, on early okay. access on PC, which is where I played it. Um, so I'm very eager to try the final version, but it sounds like it turned out pretty well. I think it looked really promising uh, when I played it first because it, it's very good at getting you to look at stuff. Yes. And then you turn around and then, holy shit. Yes. Why is this room different now? It is Ooh. extremely good at that. If you if you played Condemned and you remember uh, the part of the game that takes place in the abandoned department store and you're you're walking around this, this dilapidated department store and you turn around and the mannequins keep moving, it does Ugh. a lot of that kind of stuff, but it does it in an even more advanced, sophisticated way. Like, it's not just moving stuff around the room. It's moving the room. Like, you'll open the door, turn like turn to go turn on the light switch, turn back, and everything's different. It's, it's really, really masterful in the way it manipulates the environment to make you feel uncomfortable at all times. But right, it's very mm -hmm. disturbing to get the sense that your, your, your understanding of the space that you're in or even the house that you're in is completely wrong yes. and nonsensical. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like a House of Leaves thing, if you ever read that book by Mark mm. Danielewski. It's one of my favorite books. The, the, um, the thing I compare it to, it's a haunted house. Yeah. Uh, you go, because, for one thing, you cannot fail at this game. There are things you can do to have a slightly better experience than others. Um, like, for example, there's 
it is technical to air quote die, but that doesn't stop your progress. It just might prevent you from uh, accessing a certain uh, thing in the house, which you don't need to access to finish the game. Um, so it's, there's no overwhelming threat. You're not running from a monster. You're not, you don't need to check your ammo. There's, it's, it's not that kind of game. So you're just going through this house uh, several different times and experiencing whatever it has to show you at that particular time. And that is what's freaking you out. It's, it's very much a guided experience through a, a haunted house. Mm-hmm. Basically, there's uh, six chapters to it the house is different in each chapter like you the you keep coming back to an artist's studio in the house and you will that's why the title is so good yeah exactly i was like what are these layers oh i get it (laughs) i was like oh you're putting on another layer of yeah it's very 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 smart um but yeah so you and the door will close behind you like i was leaving doors open everywhere i'm like you are not gonna trick me house oh see i'm the opposite i always close doors behind me like nonstop. I think it's any game because I'm like I want to hear the door opening if someone else comes in. Oh, that's clever. I think yeah. I think it depends. Like I would leave a door open unless I was like, nope, don't want to see that, and then I'd shut very personally shut it. So like you, whatever's in there cannot possibly open the door and come after me. No way. How do you feel about medicine cabinets, Susan? Do you ever open them Always. in games? Of course. Always. But however, as movies have taught us and games such as Condemned, yep. when you close the medicine cabinet, yep. you will see something behind you in the mirror. Yes. Except I, I, I uh, in this game, you you don't see anything in the mirrors, mostly because they didn't want to make a character model. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually one mirror. It's it's just it, it, they're like they're either fogged up or dirty or. or Is there a database yeah. for games where like just a yes or no whether or not the mirrors are functional in the game? That's I think would there be like one game where they are? When they're like, when they're like we didn't want to render it, so we're going to come up with an artistic way to have the mirror smashed, right, or dirty. Right. Right. Or... I, I was thinking that while I was going through it. I'm like, because it's, it's very, very obvious that the game is consciously avoiding showing you people, because like everything in the house is very beautifully detailed and creepy. But at, but you can tell that they they don't do people that well. So if you saw nobody does really. Well, nobody does exactly. Like even the like the trip, AAA games that have tons and tons and tons of money to throw at people, they don't do it very well. It it almost always breaks your illusion. So they yeah. just kind of. It's actually better just to cover the people with money, like actual. Yeah, cash just bills. just staple some ones to their face. <laughs> and I'm, and I'm, I'm actually curious. I'm I'm curious from like a scientific perspective if it's that. It's they're not rendered as well, or we are just so attuned to what people look like that we notice the differences instantly. Versus like a cabinet, where we're like, "That's a cabinet, okay, well, here both. we go." I yeah. mean, it's both. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the thing is, like, you can the whole in haunted house style. The whole thing about layers of fear in games like it is you are willingly buying into the experience, right? Like you are buying your ticket and riding the ride and saying, "Okay, scare me," and you are you are saying, "I will, I will." meet you halfway to, I will be willing to be scared. I will not sit there and go, oh, that wouldn't really work like that. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that because I know you're trying to scare me. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there's a limit to how far you can go with that. And if you're looking at this person who looks like a really bad, like, Barbie doll, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh, wow, you are plastic. It just <laughs> yep. it really, really breaks that immersion. So I think it's a really smart move, actually, to uh, n- just not deal with that at all in this I game. I mean, Firewatch did the same thing. Yeah, Firewatch did the same really thing. You see, see Henry's hands in the, in the distance. Yeah. Yeah. 
which actually I think in both cases adds to how eerie the whole thing is because in Firewatch you realize you never because there are people around but you never actually see them yep. they're always in shadow mm-hmm. which is really unsettling and then in Layers of Fear there's something in the house but you can't see it because it's not running around in human form so that makes it even more you're like oh god even more unsettling and weird it's 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 a very it's a wonderfully uncomfortable game and I, it's part of this uh, trend in horror in indie horror where it's not about shooting monsters or running from monsters. It's about the environment. It's it's a visual novel without the reading, right? Like Soma mm. was like mm-hmm. that as well, except it threw in these monsters you had to avoid and, and run from. And it didn't do it much, thankfully. Um, mm-hmm. But it did. Yeah, it would have been better if they were gone. Absolutely. Ab- yeah. There's a mod for that. Oh, is there really? Oh, no shit. Yeah, on PC, somebody oh. modded in, somebody created a mod where none of the monster, the monsters are still there, mm-hmm. but they're not hostile, so they wow. won't bother oh, you. Oh, nice. So you can just walk through. Nice. And it's, and yeah, from the sound of it, people are like, this is a vast improvement. Yeah, play, play wow. that game. If you have if you have the opportunity or the ability to play it that way, please do. Uh, because honestly, the monsters add, let me rephrase that. Having to flee from the monsters adds nothing to adds the game. Nothing. Them no. being yeah. there and how they got to be the way they are it adds a lot. But having to having them attack you and ugh. in in fact, like there there are moments, crucial moments in the game, when it just brings this like wonderful head of tension that it's built, just tumbling down, right, needlessly. Uh, God, yeah, it's it's the mon- it's those monsters near the end when you like ha- are having to like close specific doors to keep them from following you, mm-hmm. and they're too quick. Yeah, it's like, guys, guys, it's like on. oh come on, that's where that's on. super gamey. The actual the uh, layers of fear devs actually mentioned Soma specifically, not to pick on Soma too much because they were like this game is really good, but we did want to avoid that like kind of taking away because they talked a lot about atmosphere how important atmosphere was and they were saying we don't want to take away from the atmosphere with a monster that sets back your progress like soma did sorry soma (laughs) yeah do you think like do you you think layers of fear is indicative of a larger trend of where like of people's acceptance of horror games that don't have that gaminess of pt of PT inspired. Well, you know, I'm not even going to say PT, but I feel like you know, obviously, Layers of Fear went into production, you know, like earlier than than PT being around, right? You know. I think so. They were talking about how it was an inspiration, but not the only one. Right, right. But like, I think more. Oh, than it's that, clearly an inspiration. <laughs> it's clearly an inspiration. Oh yes. Wow. It's 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 yeah. They even they did describe and they did try to say it's not it's not PT it's not PT and it wasn't it's not. But they did at one point mention there's a PT style zoom you can maybe use. I'm like ah, <laughs> it's it's PT. It's, yeah, it's I, different in that PT is more modern mm. in the way that it it wants in the kind of imagery that it shows you and the way it wants to scare you. Uh, yeah. Layers of Fear is a little more classic with the stuff mm. it uses. Um, like, it relies on on the whole, the baby trope. It does it very well, but it, right. it but it, there's it, a lot of, you know, you're walking through halls and you're tracing the same course over and over again, like in PT, and then different things happen uh, depending on what you do. I think 
PT is just a ghost racing game, really. <laughs> <laughs> you race your ghost around the house. That's really funny, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I, who's it? Oh, no, you, you get eaten. No, I'm in second place. <laughs> Need the blue shell. It's, I, I think that what, what we're seeing now is, uh, you know, obviously with the rise of Silent Hill and Resident Evil, horror took a very specific shape. And it looked yeah. a certain way for about a decade. And then people kind of got tired of that, partly because you can only ring that bell so many times, but also partly because those games started to lose their edge. They lost their ability mm-hmm. to be scary. They became more action-oriented and just a different approach to the gameplay. And so they weren't really scary anymore. So what became, air quote, a horror game had horrific elements, you know, like gore and monsters and stuff like that, but people weren't getting scared anymore. Right, they were action games. Exactly, yeah. it was an action game. So I think that that's, that's what this is a response to. Like, okay, well, how do we scare people? Well, let's, let's make a scary environment. Let's, let's make a haunted house, basically. You know, people understand how to, how to scare you. It, the tricky part is cramming gameplay into yeah. it, right? Like, how does the camera work? And what kind of ammo do you have? And how do you heal? And how do you manage your inventory? All that stuff. That's stuff that very much gets in the way of atmosphere. There's a there's just a word pounding in my head, Susan, with everything you say, and it's just the evil within, oh, the evil within, Jesus. over and over. <laughs> oh my God, it hurts. <laughs> like, you know, the evil within, it, it made, it had atmosphere for days. It did, it was, but then... And, and then it's like, oh, but wait, I need to fiddle with my inventory, and wait, I need to get my crossbow, and oh my god, the camera yeah. sucks, and oh, well, the camera's supposed to be that way. Shut up! Anyway. Sure, had, sure had atmosphere for days, the same atmosphere you have when you're filled with NyQuil and trapped in a hot topic. Okay. That's happened to you so many times, too. <laughs> oh, I know. Look. You never learn. I'm past my NyQuil habit. Well, okay. we, we're speaking about atmospheric conditions, and uh, I hear, pray tell, that someone has been playing a game that has uh, some strong atmospheric conditions, and that is lightning. Oh, my God. Lightning Your segues are, they pain me. They hurt my soul. I think it's on point, but I'm just like, oh, I, I don't know how to feel. I'm mad, but are you happy. Are to say on fleek now? I think that's what you're supposed to say. I am not hip wait, enough we, to say but, on fleek. Wait, are we woke? That, oh that's a thing now, too. Um, is it good to be woke? I don't know. Yes. Wait, Maybe. what is woke? What is I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> what is happening? I, I don't understand. Moving on. Back to lightning. <laughs> now, you, lightning returns. you hated 13-2. <laughs> I did. It's a powerful, powerful hatred. It's a strong hate. <laughs> Seeps into my bones, and mo- mostly, mostly it revolves around one character, one particular. Noel Christ, I'm like, oh my oh, really? god! Because of Noel, it's not Sarah. I actually was okay with Sarah because she was like kind of milk toast, but Noel, oh my god! Like <laughs> he just made me so mad. Okay, spoiler alert, toss that out there. Um, he made me so angry because the answer to the the answer to all their problems was right there in front of him the entire time, and he just refused to take it. And then at the end he's shocked when by not doing the thing he was supposed to do, he caused the end of the world. I'm like, yes! The entire time! 
It made me so mad. You, know, you do this all the time. You say spoilers, and then you just use the vaguest terminology. Duh. Well, hang on. We need to get to Lightning Returns. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Lightning Returns. So now you're playing Lightning uh, Returns. Yes. Yeah. Now I'm playing Lightning Returns. And weirdly, like... Obviously, I'm coming from a place of just like, oh, I can't, I can't do this. And now playing it, I'm like, this is actually pretty interesting. And I mean, it is pretty silly because it's like, oh, I'm I'm trying to save the world by saving people's souls and uh, helping them come to peace and be able to pass on. And you do stuff like... Uh, kids like my ball got stuck on the roof and you go and get the ball and hand it to him and he's like thanks I can die happy <laughs> it's like what but actually going around seeing these worlds and just understand like trying to grasp this really bizarre concept where it's like the world has ended mm -hmm. chaos has descended it is slowly consuming the world it is going to be completely destroyed in a week and you need to buy more time so god has time to wake up and save the souls that have been that have recently died and take them to a new world and it's just like oh wow and don't what? don't forget don't forget no pressure. Ash, that you're talking about a, a world where everybody who is in it Children and adults alike, death no longer exists. Yep. So they've yep. been alive for five hundred years, but not aging. And not, but not, not aging. aging and they point out with the kids. They're like, so those they're, kids so have been is, children. So Lightning Returns takes place in the same universe as The Simpsons. It, so, <laughs> so, oh, yes. I, so it, while Ash has been playing this, so has Dave Roberts, and he was talking to me about it a couple of nights ago, and I came up. He was like, I don't know how to describe this. And I said, Lightning Returns is what would happen if Terry Gilliam tried to remake Act Razor. Like, it is like an insane person who, 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 to get to work out their madness, makes this wildly upsetting art, like Terry Gilliam always has. It decided, I'm going to make a game that's a god game. And it's about what it would take for a messiah to give death back to the people. But <laughs> there was a Chocobo that lived in a man's afro, and now she's a sexy lady in a bikini, and she wants you to help people near a train. It's... <laughs> I'm really happy he figured out because he was he was talking about who is this Chocolina and I yeah. was sitting there like oh my god get ready for this yeah <laughs> yeah yeah here's the thing I I, I mean I, I I talk about Lightning Returns all the time because of the combat which I adored and it's it's beautiful and the music is amazing but I also do love this the story that you know everybody is they're ready to die they are ready yeah. they have been ready <laughs> so uh what they what they really bring us want like bring a sweet release yeah, seriously they're like look i'm done i'm over it and they need lightning to help them ha achieve closure because they know everything is coming to an end and they're cool with that but they're hoping that they can do specific things and it's her job to harvest souls the souls that she saves will be reborn in this new world that Bonavelda, the god, is making. So, and what's really lovely is the requests span, like there's big stuff, like, you know, I lost track, you know, I lost touch with my son. 
Or I need a new model for my new range of fashion. <laughs> Oh, God. The one that I actually was kind of like, oh, that's really sweet after I, I went through the quest was a girl who was like, my dad's really sick and I'm trying to get yep. this medicine for yep. him. And when I first approached her and she said that, I'm like, dude, you're all freaking dead in two weeks. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be fine. But then I was like, well, but that's still the one thing she wanted to do right. was like, I want to make sure I want to make sure my dad is OK and he doesn't like die horribly in pain. Right, I'm like, right. And, oh, and, it's and just. It's a it's a really love because I mean Final Fantasy, is not overly in touch with reality. <laughs> you know, it's right there in the name. It's all, well, yeah, but I mean, it's always telling these huge, over the top stories about people being made into crystal and the end of the world and God and all that. So, so to have such a huge part of this game be focused on the mundane things that are important to us as humans, I thought was really, really beautiful. And that was a yeah. big part of why I enjoyed that game. Yeah, okay. and, and like, that and makes it's sense. not just in the macro scale. Like, it's not just like for all of humanity. Like, Lightning's it, Final Fantasy is often very bad at a personal story. Mm-hmm. It's always about like a cast, and it, it sort of forgets to talk about one person's journey. But Lightning goes from being this vapid, sort of empty awful Final Fantasy character who's just, like, her defining characteristic is, like, stoicism and a vest. Yeah. And... Cloud with pink hair. Yeah, and then, like, and instead of being like, well, we'll just make her somebody else, they use that to fuel an interesting character because she, she has, you know, transcended a normal life and just sort of become, like, this mythic archetype and she's like, why don't I feel anything? Mm -hmm. Why don't why didn't I live? Why did I spend all this time just being a brooding asshole when I could have lived a life? Mm-hmm. And and how am I going to find a way to do that while also doing this thing I have to do? And that journey is is amazing. Like it, it's so. You know, I I hate to sound hyperbolic, but it's so beautiful. It really is. I love that game. Oh man. And it's and just like just playing through it because I, I was telling you guys earlier I've act there's actually been times this week where I'm just like oh I won't get to play Lightning Returns today I'm I'm actually pretty sad about that and I'm like why and actually the the whole the whole time thing I thought that was gonna be so annoying being like oh my god I have to I have to like do all of this stuff in a very short amount of time I have to keep very careful track of when I can do each of these things it's just going to get annoying it actually ends up being really interesting because it's not just like this meandering like oh I gotta do all these quests it's like okay I gotta go here then I gotta go here and then I gotta do this and I gotta do that and it actually keeps you pretty engaged and like with it the entire time so I've been enjoying that a lot I think I might mess up this first playthrough and not make it to 13 days but we're gonna find out if you, oh, if you, you are, use the time stop. Oh yeah, yeah, I've sure. been using it, yeah. but prop not probably not effectively. Like there was a couple, there was one quest where you have like grab all these fireworks and take them back oh, yeah, yeah, to yeah, this yeah. Uh, yeah. tower, and I like misread. I had messed up in on the path to get there, so I'd lost a couple hours. And so it was like, okay, you need to get the fireworks at these places by these times. And all but one of them had already passed. Oh, no. And then I was like, oh, crap. So I used the I used uh, the time stop, ran to the next one, got there exactly on the t- at the time they said. And it was like, oh, no, you needed to get here before this time. I'm like, are you kidding me? And then I missed out on getting the fireworks back that day to the place. And I was like, oh, God. So I might have to play again knowing what I know now. But 
it has genuinely been pretty fun. And it is a weird, weird little game. But in a really, it is, it's in a really interesting way. And I'm actually getting to like a lot of the people in it. Like, I actually I actually just met up with Noel again. And I'm just like, oh. Yeah. But I'm like, mm, I'm actually, I actually, okay. I'm actually a little bit cool with you. The scene with you is actually pretty good. Mm, I'll deal with it. <laughs> So it's been a it's been a pretty good time. The game's uh, real subtitle is "The Forgiveness of Noel Christ." <laughs> yes, that'll be my auto that'll be my autobiography. I asked, "What do you think of this theory?" I, I I have floated this to Susan and Ludwig before, but if there was no Final Fantasy thirteen and no Final Fantasy thirteen two, and there was only Lightning Returns, oh wow, that was Final Fantasy thirteen. Do you think that people would have like this hatred for it, or would this game be like a cultishly adored thing? I think it would be a, a bit half and half because it is very different from yeah. other Final Fantasy games, and any Final Fantasy that's very different is like hated across the board by like at well, first, sorry, not across the board. There's a group first. of people. It, that's true at first, and then there's a group of people who will continue to hate it because it's not Final Fantasy VII again. Right. So there'll be that contingent, but I think more people would have given it a chance if it wasn't perceived as 13-3, and then I think a lot more people probably would have enjoyed it in the long run because it, it took me this long to get to Lightning Returns because I, I needed recovery time right. after 13-2. I'm just like, I can't, I can't. Like, my roommates are like, this is an intervention. You are not allowed to buy the next one when it comes out. I'm like, but I have to. I have to finish. They're like, no, you're going to get an ulcer or something. You need to stop. So I do think if there hadn't been those last two games, it would have more people would have given it a shot, and then I think it would have had a probably a bigger. Um, it would have been more, I guess, better regarded. Yeah. Overall. God, I now I I can't I can't replay that. Uh, no, I'm waiting until. The <laughs> Are you thinking about it now? <laughs> I, I'm waiting until the inevitable uh, HD release of PS4.